What's up, world? It's Katrina. And Marlena. And this is Excess Baggage. The podcast where two friends in their 30s unpack all of life's baggage. This episode, we are unpacking self-care for Black Americans. Okay, let's start the show. Hey, girl. <laughs> How are you doing today? Today has been interesting. I don't know. These last couple nights, I haven't been sleeping well. Mm. So I've been going to bed at like really odd hours. Like I'm a night owl, but I always go around one or two. And the last couple nights, I've been going at four or closer oh, wow. to five. And one night it was almost 5.30 or it was already starting to become light outside. I was like, oh, hell no. What is going on with you? Go to yeah. bed. But I had like a really bad headache. And so I mm. take this medicine that has um, caffeine in it. And I guess I must have took taken it a little too um, late in the day. So, and caffeine, I'm really sensitive to caffeine. So my body so was, you was just wired. Right. My body <laughs> was up, but my like brain, I could tell was like, okay, what's going on? Like, <laughs> you yeah. need to go to bed. Um, so I guess my baggage today is not having enough sleep, <laughs> which is not really a thing for me because I make sure I get my eight hours. Okay. Like, right. just leave me alone. I'm going to, I'm doing it. I'm going to bed. Uh, even if it is at one o'clock, like I won't be waking up until eight or nine. So it's right. fine. <laughs> All right. Not enough sleep. Not okay. enough sleep. What's your baggage today? My baggage today, I've not been cleaning my house, but I'm working on it. The last two days, I've been slowly trying to clean up and it is a wreck in there. It is. <laughs> like a disaster zone in my dining room and living room. But, you know, we're working on it. It's better than not having done anything at all. But it was like I started yesterday and just could not stay in one place. I started off trying to wash dishes. I don't think I ended up washing any dishes. I took out the recycling. I mm -hmm. took out the trash. I ended up sweeping the floors. And then next thing I know, it was time to go. So <laughs> I was like, okay, now... Yeah. The rug is still on the couch. The, the stuff that I cleaned off the table is still sitting on the chair next to the table. You know. Yeah. I was like that a couple of weeks ago. And then finally it got so bad that I was just like, um, you need Get to do <laughs> something immediately. Like, right. It looks like a cyclone hit it. And I had to the point where I'm sleeping in the bed with folded up clothes <laughs> on, the other side. <laughs> on the other side, which was okay. Cause I sleep alone. Cause you're like, Oh, it feels like a body is right there, but it's really nobody. It's, it's Nothing. clothes. It's just clothes. <laughs> um, so I'm so happy that I finally was like, you need to find a place for these clothes. Um, my closet is, it's too small. It's just too small. It's not like I've made as much room as I can, but it's just one of those <laughs> old school closets that doesn't have um, sliding doors. So it's yeah. like trying to get stuff from the back. Like I'm not going to put a bunch of stuff back there. So it's like everything that's pushed to the front 
and I'm just running out of room. So it's probably time before the summer to kind of take some things and like go through my clothes again mm-hmm. and get rid of some things. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I tend yeah. to hang on to things. I'm like, well, I haven't gained like I can still wear this. I haven't gained too much weight. I could I could wear these clothes. But then I'm like, why but are you're you not holding going on to this? To. You're not going to. When's the last time you tried or right. thought about it? Right. You know, pre-COVID, obviously. But like, when's the last time you tried or thought about it? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely Only when not. I go to clean it out. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think I'm getting to that place of like, okay, this is too much. And that's what catapulted me into, okay, I'm going to try to clean yesterday. And I mean, some stuff got done. I swept floors. I took out the recycling. Like, things were happening. But it was not at all what I was supposed to be doing, which was cleaning the kitchen. And now there's a bunch of things that are half done. So. <laughs> right. Well, I love when people I love when people pop up at my house and then I have to, like, clean. I mean, not that I don't <laughs> clean on a, a regular because I do. But if someone, like, pops up, like, oh, I'll be there in a couple hours. I'm like, oh, shit. I got to, like, move all this stuff. Right. I'm, like, wiping down all the countertops, the bathroom, everything. Because I'm right. like, I don't want nobody to come over and be like, yo. What the hell? All right. <laughs> you are right because this is not it's not you it's not you this is not what you normally do so yeah um yeah. i love the pop-ups you know not pop up like don't come to my house unannounced but like you know give me some time not, but, give, oh, me, yeah, sure. give me a little bit of time right. to clean up in here yeah. yeah i was supposed to have a friend come over we were supposed to do some co-working today Um, Because sometimes it's nice just to have somebody sit with you while you're working. And the gardener decided to show up today instead of tomorrow. Today is not his day. So we didn't do it today. But that was part of the reason for the cleaning. Because she was supposed to be here. Clearly, it didn't get done, though. So she was about to walk into a mess. (laughs) (laughs) And we were going to be outside on this patio co-working because it's nice outside. Because it was just, it's just going to look like it looks. Like, I am now at the point where, like, I don't even have that much in me to try to convince y'all that it don't look like this normally. (laughs) Right. Y'all going to get what y'all going to get. That's it. Truly. So crazy. But today... We're talking about self-care for Black Americans, which mm-hmm. probably take a couple chapters out of your book on this one, given mm-hmm. <laughs> given your background and being a therapist. I don't know. Here's the thing. I grew up, no one ever talked about therapy ever. Mm-hmm. That was never mm-hmm. a discussion. I really didn't know anything about it. The only time I was ever kind of in that situation was once like, some family stuff happened and like I had to talk to like a social worker once this was like a Mm. long time ago but I was like a kid so I didn't even know what that meant right (laughs) like I don't know what's going on but I really didn't know until I got to uh I want to say middle school it was definitely middle school because I ended up going to private school and it was like Mm -hmm. one of those like frou-frou like schools and they had a school therapist on the campus and so I think that was the first time that I really was like oh 
okay, maybe I'll go, you know, just right. even if I wasn't like talking about nothing, I'm sure what I was talking about back then was like, and he didn't sit next to me and, you know, and I let her borrow my no stuff and I, girl problem. right. She never returned it. I'm sure that's what it was all about. And, you know, um, I remember that therapist though. He was cool. He was cool. Okay. Like he wasn't pushy or anything like mm-hmm. that, but that was my first experience with it. And it wasn't until I started getting into my 20s, like late 20s, when I, you know, just the growing pains of life where Mm -hmm. then I was just like, no, I seriously, something's going on. And I don't like these patterns that I'm doing or things that keep occurring and I don't know how to deal with it. And so that's when I started going. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. But my sessions never were about what was happening in Black America. You know, mm-hmm. like I I always dealt with that with my family. All the conversations, anything that was happening in the community or anything was always through my family. And I never had a Black therapist. So mm. it would be interesting to see what a difference it would be. Right. Uh, yeah, that's so interesting. Because it was honestly, it wasn't that like I didn't want a Black therapist. It's just that... When you are in a certain, you know, insurance plan and stuff like that, it's right. just like, this Your is what you get. Are limited. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is what you get, you know. And when I told my parents or grandparents or not really grandparents, I told my grandmother, she was curious as to why, you know, like, I think there's something in our community where it's just like, you know, what happens in the family stays in the family type oh, situation all the time. So, you know, hearing that you're going to go pour your heart out to some business to to some stranger is like a big, big issue. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, but he's a doctor. So (laughs) right, (laughs) this is what he does. This is what he does. He's not about to be on the street. Talk about he ain't gonna be telling everybody else right? this, this, and this, you know. Or if they do tell them, they ain't gonna tell you who they're talking about. Like I would never right. know who you're actually talking about. Right. So what do you think about that? Like just I don't know. I've always had white therapists, not because, you know, I think now that here we are in 2021, I'm think I'm looking for a black therapist, but like before mm-hmm. it was just whatever I got. Yeah, I um have had a mix a therapist myself I when did I start I might have gone to my first therapist in college the high school I went to did have a therapist on site and I I maybe like went and like sat with her once or twice but it was really more so like I was hanging out I wasn't really talking about anything and at that point I I kind of had an inclination that it's something that I wanted to go into. And so I think I was kind of like picking her brain more than like talking to her. But my school also had a black male nurse and I I probably did more therapy with that man than I did (laughs) with the actual therapist on campus because she was this white lady. But then in adulthood, in college and beyond, I've had a mix of Black and white therapists, um, all women. And I honestly highly recommend going to see a Black therapist if you are a Black person at least once in your life, because the difference is stark. It's huge. And it's a lot of it is 
just not having to explain certain things. There are things that are just understood and known and honored. And I think especially right now with everything that's been going on in the last year or so, it's hugely important to have someone who can understand the power of how much this stuff is impacting us and how how we feel and how we are experiencing the world. And if I'm being completely transparent, I am in a lot of communities with a number of different therapists, different races and all of that. And during 2020, some of these non-Black therapists was in these groups acting a whole fool, like Mm-mm. saying things that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, stop. Like, this is really highly inappropriate, not just not honoring the experience or not understanding the experience. There's still a lot of, and, and we know this, obviously, right, because we see right. it in in white America in general, but they're just not seeing the role that these systems play in how Black folks are being treated and they don't see the anti-Blackness. They're not seeing the amount of racism and all of that. And I, it changes when you are able to sit with somebody who just gets it and that you can have yeah. these conversations and really unpack the amount of trauma that we are experiencing on a regular basis. So I have because of having had like one black therapist at one point that I was like, oh, this is different. I have always intentionally since then sought out black therapists and it's been amazing. I love it. Even as a black therapist, I really like working with other black folks because the vibe is different. I enjoy working with different people in general, but like when black women pop up on the screen, because you know, we still on the screen these days but when black women pop up on the screen it's just a different vibe and the way that we are able to communicate and um even some of the jokes that they make that are very much like rooted in black culture that we can understand like well you know we put put the sauce on anything on everything (laughs) right you can't help it you just it's just a part of the culture um but i i think like what you just said just kind of click like I think that could potentially stem from why there's so much shame Mm -hmm. in my community um, about you know going to go talk to someone or or getting therapy because right we're kind of taught to always just be the best and just deal with the shit that's (laughs) thrown at us we're just kind of just like you know, just carry something else. We're always carrying a lot of things on us and on our right. backs. So mm-hmm. going to go complain, you know, and I'm putting that in quotations, not actually complain or, but, you know, uh, discuss what's going on with you or why you felt a certain way about a certain thing or dealing with your emotions. It's just kind of like, we don't have time for that. We got so many other issues Mm -hmm. that's going on that is like, when do you find the time to do that? And I think that's why it's so important for um, all of us to push self-care out there. Mm -hmm. This is the most, honestly, in my entire life, now I won't even say adult life, but my entire life, I've heard people talk about mental health. This is mm, like most absolutely. I've heard it. And, um, you know, it really is important. I, I don't, There, there's just so much being on the internet, 
mm-hmm. all the time and seeing all the news that's happening, you know, that's that's traumatic in itself. Absolutely. You know, it's just like all these hashtags of all these people, all of our brothers mm-hmm. and sisters that are just being killed for no reason, regardless of what it is. Yes. Um, it's still not healthy to continuously keep seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is something on its own that would, right. you know, get someone to be like, you know what, I need to talk to somebody about this. Right. <laughs> right. And I think part of it too, like we can't ignore how systems have played into our lack of ability to access self-care, right? Like we don't just get this idea that we can't deal with our emotions out of thin air or we don't like we didn't just make this up we have been denied access to resources denied access to self-care whatever that looks like in a lot of ways it could be in monetary ways because you know things like massages and even meditation classes sometimes that's pretty expensive uh going going to (laughs) yoga and fitness classes and um even you know the neighborhoods that we live in are not right on the beach right our access to be able to go somewhere that is peaceful is just not there um so it's also acknowledging how systems play into the way that we have perceived like a lot of times in the black community a lot of the stuff that is deemed as like quote unquote self-care is deemed as white like that's not for black folks that's white people shit and what we say oh yeah my self-care is like i get my hair and nails done but it's so much deeper than that like you have to like okay taking care of yourself on a physical level so that you look nice is fine there's nothing wrong with that and what are you doing to take care of your mental health what what are you doing to take care of your uh, your spiritual health? What are you doing to take care of your emotional health? But we've been denied access to so many of those things that it's hard for us to, to then be like, oh, wait, this is a thing I should be doing or I'm allowed to do that right. I have access to. No, totally. I, I mean, that's why I had to take a break, though, like from just news and social media and all right. stuff. And you took one. I, like that was a part of my self-care because I mm-hmm. just couldn't keep, you know, I just couldn't keep doing, like, I just couldn't keep seeing these videos. And like, yeah. that's what the crazy part about it, of it for me is like, you know, it's one thing to read a hashtag, that's something else. And then find out like what they're talking about, you know, right. after the fact, because there's so much that you just don't know is happening. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you might see a name, you might read an article or something like that. But to actually, because of social media, see like the actual crime or like right. this person, it go down. That's a lot for me because I know there's just so much throughout the years what um, haven't been seen. You know, social that's media crazy. really just been popping the last what, like maybe 10 years, you know, not even the whole right. 10 years, but to keep seeing like people, you know, the first thing you get pulled over or the first thing something happens or whatever, mm-hmm. everyone's pulling their phone out. Like that's just a lot. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, it does something to your psyche. It does. It's like, you, you can't help Absolutely. but to just think about like those families because you have a family, you know, that could have mm-hmm. been you. And you're always, I, well, for me, at least I'm always thinking about those scenarios, just like, right. 
this person wasn't even doing nothing, you know, walking down the street, <laughs> right. jogging. They weren't even doing nothing. Right. I mean, you know, that could totally be me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We're constantly faced with all of these things that are happening to us as Black folks. And I think to some degree, we we either become numb to it, so it just becomes something that's happening and we watch it and it's kind of like we're numb. Right. Where we it becomes something that is really challenging and hard and is really impactful in other ways. And as... I hate that we are even sharing these videos, if I'm being completely honest. And I think that there needs to be less sharing of the videos in certain ways and more things to prevent. Because I I have very intentionally not watched many of the videos. Um, every so often it'll catch me and I'm like, all right, let me go look at this. But for the most part, I just try not to watch. But I think what's challenging specifically with social media, but not even just social media, some of these new sites, like I'll click on an article and next thing I know, there's this video playing. And I like I didn't even have time to stop it before, you know, right. or to press play before <laughs> right. it's just like in my face. And I didn't come here for this. I came here to read the article. So I'm informed on what's going on, but I didn't want to see it. Right. Like. You need to warn me. You need to give me the option to press play, not to just start playing when I automatically bring up the article. It's terrible. And at some point, we need to be able to release that from our system because we hold that in our bodies. And that's not healthy. That's true. Yeah, but those pop-ups of those videos, that's too much. That That's crazy. And I've seen that it on is. some like news sites too. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know y'all embedded it within the actual right. article. Like the second I click on it, like, I, I don't honestly think they want those hits, yo. They want those hits. Right. Like, <laughs> and that's terrible though. Cause these are not like you're, it's not the video that's of like a news anchor talking about it. This is the actual video, the video clip of what happened. And there's no like, there's sometimes, not always, obviously, but there's no like warning. You just pull up the screen, you start scrolling and all of a sudden you're in the midst of something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that that is so traumatizing to just have there and present. When I just want to inform myself without causing more harm to myself. I wish that, I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like the people who need to see it, like I wish there was a way, I mean, they figured out everything else. I wish there was a way to like filter this to other people. Like if they knew like this was a black person watching it, then it just like, you know, just detonates. It just doesn't, it's not there. It's just totally a different article. And if someone else clicks it or whatever, they get it. Because like, to me, it's like, we already knew that this stuff was going on. I don't need a front row seat to to this. Or whatever. I don't need to watch it. And when I hear people say like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, you really? You can't? Like, I, I think it's just, but then it's, again, it's within our culture. So I can understand Absolutely. that. But at the same time, just as an American, mm-hmm. you know, I would think you'd want to know your actual history of what's been going on. Like, you know, but people right. live in their bubbles, so they have no right. idea. 
we need Facebook and Instagram and all the other platforms to get their algorithms together. And I'm sure they could figure it out. (laughs) I'm sure they could figure it out. Use it for good for once, not for whatever other nonsense you're using. I know. And they're always pushing uh, freaking ads already. If I look at one pair of shoes, they already doing that. So, you know, they could figure it out. They got the power to do this. I'm convinced. Somebody call them, tell them we need them to make this happen. Because I do like that Instagram started that whole where they like blur it out and it tells you yes. like this content is whatever. Um, and you have to click. I don't know how you make that happen. Like, I don't know what you have to do to make that happen. But I, I do like that they have done that. It's not always up, though. So I don't know what, what what needs to happen in order for that screen to happen. But uh, we need more of that for sure. Right. And just be mindful of what you're sharing. Like, everybody don't want to see that. And maybe put like a, a carousel or something. And the first, the first picture be a warning, trigger warning. I don't even know how much that works because even with Instagram, the next time you scroll, if you haven't seen the whole carousel, it'll just show you the next one. I don't know. I don't know what the results are here. <laughs> Look, I was like, ugh, that was just so, I just like felt like a whole thing come over me. I'm like, that is a lot. But it's not for, <laughs> but it's not, it's not for us to figure out. Figure it out, social media. <laughs> like, right. Figure it out. Like, Right. And in the meantime, the rest of us can do our parts by being mindful of what we're sharing and taking a break from social media as you need to, because at the end of the day, all you can control is yourself. Yeah. I've actually never shared any of those videos ever. Me either. For why? Right. I might say <laughs> I might the name. Share some, right. right. Some headlines or something like that. But a I'm picture not of the person the or something, exactly. but I've never posted no video. Like that's absolutely not. There's Mm -mm. enough of that going around on the internet. Yeah. You don't need that from me. Yeah. And I have unfollowed people who are constantly just sharing all of this trauma on their pages in that way. Like, it's one thing to celebrate a life and to honor somebody that has died or been murdered, but it's another thing to constantly just be sharing all of the trauma, like... I have unfollowed people for that reason. Like, I don't, I don't need to see that. I appreciate that you are advocating for the community and that you want there to bring more awareness, but that I don't need to look at that all the time. Definitely. Let's see other ways that, what are other ways that we as black people can, you know, participate in self-care? I think for me, it's definitely, I guess my version of it would be always supporting like black businesses and organizations, trying to educate myself on just like the history of like things that have happened to us, Mm -hmm. our current struggles and not just for heterosexual people. Like I know in our community, a lot of times they don't want to, you know, shine a light on LGBTQ issues, you know, because we have a lot of self hate when it comes to that, which I don't under, I have never understood because I'm always like, man, I'm not in their bedroom. I don't know what they're doing. What that got to do with me? What do their relationships have to do with me? It doesn't, it has nothing to do with me. They're people just like us. Like they're, you know, they just happen to, you know, like the same sex or, you know, 
like both or whatever it is that they're into, you know, yeah, um, has nothing to do with me, but I could be supportive. Absolutely. No, I could be supportive and definitely elevating men's voices as black women. I feel like we do that already. Um, mm, we're always mm-hmm. super, you know, cheerleaders for black men. Well, yep. obviously not for every everybody. black, not well for everybody. Obviously not every black woman is like this, but for the right. most part, majority, we are definitely, you know, celebratory for our men and trying to make sure because we know what it's like out there because if you have a son or if I don't have any kids but just having a brother having a dad you know what you know they deal with on a regular basis yeah and the inhumane treatment that a lot of them receive Mm -hmm. um and so I think it's just important to just make sure that I am always uplifting anybody that comes into my space Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. just continually or continuously celebrating black culture and black pride, which I have no problem doing like <laughs> at all, <laughs> not even a little bit, um, mm-hmm. be the first one saying something. And I think for me, the reason why, um, that is, it's not even so much that I felt like I had something to prove, but sometimes you do feel like that because of, you know, being a light, bright, like I'm light, you know, lighter skin. And when you're in, there's been a lot of colorism and issues in our community. So, you know, even growing up, just playing outside as a kid, you know, just being around darker skin kids, you know, they would be like, you're not black, you white, you know, just saying stuff to you, (laughs) you know, that you're just like, wait, what? Like, that's not true. Because if you go to my household, it's definitely a black household. It's real black in here. It's real black (laughs) up in here. So um, I think for me, that also kind of conditioned me in a way that I'm just like, I'm not trying to prove something, but I'm just like, yo, I'm black. Like, it's it's fine. We're going to be abundantly clear <laughs> there's no issues here there's uh, no confusion around here <laughs> no not for me not no, no. Um, and then ultimately my biggest thing for self-care for me is medit- meditation and I've also mm-hmm. had like people my other you know some black friends be like meditate like they're like, what? They're like, oh, you really, you turning white, you know, you really doing this right. white people stuff. And I was just like, no, man, like I'm trying different things to like, you know, deal I with. Wanna ag- I just want to acknowledge like how is breathing and being mindful of your thought a white, white thing? thing. Like That's- when you really think about what that sounds like when you break it down, how terrible that is that Black folks are like, yeah, being mindful of my breath and my thoughts is something that only white people should do. Like that's, that's wild. Right. And breath work is so, man, if you haven't done it, I'm going to say this right now. I do breath work every Sunday and it's just, you know, obviously it's breathing and, but it's just like, it takes you, Every Mm -hmm. session I go somewhere and it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm unwrapping another thing, you know, Mm -hmm. or I'm 
one time I, you know, was breathing or whatever and I'm meditating and I like within that breath session, I saw my ancestors, like my, Mm. my aunt, my great grandma, you know, these people that are no longer with me that I know are like watching my back. And I just remember that like feeling of just feeling like they were there and like, Mm -hmm. it almost like my brain saw me being in the middle and them just like having me in this like sister circle type Mm. situation, just like praying for me and like, that's beautiful. So it's like every session, I'm just like, what's going to happen next? You know, like I'm always (laughs) excited of what's going to happen. You know, I always end up releasing and crying and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. it's always like a big thing for me because I'm not someone who easily cries. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I'm just not, (laughs) you know, something that, therapist said back in the day to me in middle school was like you're really like a tough girl but like like a you got a soft um, interior but your exterior is like everything is just like hard and Mm. I was just like yeah you can't you can't you know you know you can't let people get the best of you so I kind of always had like tough skin in that way but there are a lot of things that hurt me and stuff like that that I don't necessarily share or talk about so like that's when I'm in meditation or whatever that's something that I do to like take care of myself yes I teach breath work to clients a lot of the time in the therapy room because it is it is a resource that we have access to all the time and right as as a therapist who works with people who have trauma, I do want to just like acknowledge that doing breath work can also be really traumatic or challenging for people who have experienced trauma. So please go into it and be mindful of yourself. But it is something that is powerful and is important and is useful. And like we have, we utilize our breath on a regular basis, practically without thinking about it. And if we can start to or start to move that energy in a way that is useful to us and being more intentional about it, like, why not? I think it is so powerful and it's a resource that we carry with us on a regular basis, our breath and our bodies. And the more that we can tap into that, the better. So I love that you're doing that. It sounds really powerful. And I really wish that more more Black folks would get into it. I think we're in a stage, though, or in a place where we are like our generation and younger is really starting to come into that, which is nice. Um, I don't think that we were always coming into that before, but it seems like we're starting to come into it a little bit more now. So I don't know, maybe it'll continue to grow and expand and we'll continue to have more spaces where it's accessible to us. Yeah, Yeah, I was lucky enough to get it for free. Um, I've been getting it for free right now, like the whole year of 2020, because I actually was like signed up for a meditation studio and I, um, was going to there like after work, you know, before I would go to bed or, or before I would go home, I would go to like a sound bath class. And then we, you know, and then certain nights they would also do breath work. So I was doing that. And then once, um, COVID hit, then the, the whole, like, place I was going to completely they just moved out of that location so now they had two locations one was near my job and then the other one's in Santa Monica and I'm like I can't go all the way to Santa Monica like I would never make it uh and so that teacher that I really um liked he Mm -hmm. started doing zoom for free basically zoom breathwork classes for free and I thought oh that's dope I yeah he felt like you know that community still needed him 
And he didn't want to just, you know, bounce on them just because, you know, he ended up leaving L.A. and is in Ohio and in New York, upstate New York, where he's from. But he just knew that he had built something. So it's just like, Mm. I don't want to leave these people behind. And so it's a really supportive. Yeah, it's a really supportive community. And, you know, his name's Avery Whitmore. He's a white guy, but he's like super like (laughs) one with the wind, (laughs) y'all. As I always say, he's, he's definitely one with the wind. Yeah. It's a little family that I'm a part of that I'm really grateful that I even, you know, went to that studio on a whim, you know, mm-hmm. just to check it out. It's good to have a community. I think for me, that has been the most challenging and the most powerful, especially in the midst of COVID. But community, I think, is hugely important. And especially for Black folks, because if we're being honest, culturally, community is such a big part of who we are. As much as we are taught and experienced in Westernized culture, all this individualistic way of being, we as Black folks aren't like that. We are very community oriented. And so I think having any kind of community, whether it's Black folks or not, but people who you consider like your affinity groups Mm. in whatever way is really important. For me, even just as like a Black therapist, having a community of other Black therapists where we can talk about business stuff or sometimes we just hang out and chill and that's fine. But it's that support because we have an understanding with one another about what's what's really going on (laughs) in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) You just look them in the eyes. You don't even have to. like, "Mm, girl, mm, you mm. already know. (laughs) Already know. Right. Because it's different. It's different. And to have groups of people that you can consider community for different pieces of your life, different parts of yourself is really important so that you can always feel seen and understood. Um, Definitely. And I think for me, that's been one of the hardest things about COVID with not being able to access community as readily as I would like. It's like have that community is my self-care in a lot of ways and not being able to engage with my communities in the ways that I normally would what has been challenging and if I'm being really transparent a lot of my friendships have not been the same in the middle of COVID I, I think I started to realize that a lot of my friends are just not as present as I would like them to be and mm-hmm. so my community wasn't I I Maybe I thought my community was more solid than it was, or maybe I felt like I had more community than I did, or I didn't need as much community. I don't know, but (laughs) I think I've realized that like my friendships are just not as supportive as I want or need them to be. And not having that community in such a hard time has been the hardest thing for me. Having community is hugely important. And so I'm very thankful for Black therapists in this moment because they've been showing up for me in so many ways. And some of these people I don't even know in real life. Like we met on Instagram or Facebook or something like that and have connected, collaborated on things, but never really met in in real life. And they have kept me going throughout all of this time. So getting like-minded community is is so important. And that's a huge part of my own self-care. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because there's so many things out there. They have a Therapy for Black Girls podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, there's just different things that people can, you know, reach. They 
need, honestly, to help them. Like, because you, you are right. I mean, there are some friends, I don't know, some people compartmentalize friends. I don't necessarily do that, but some people do where it's just like, okay, these are my party friends. These are my, right. you know, you could be your community friends. These are my, you know, people not that you don't trust, but just like acquaintances that are just like, okay, right. we cool, but right. we ain't really that cool. You know, right. so it's just like, I guess there are kind of labels, even if you don't want to, you know, have mm-hmm. labels on, on certain people, because everybody is not going to ever be on the same page. But right. I do get what you mean, though, because like during like all the stuff that was happening, like in 2020, like that's you know, sprawled all the marches and all the stuff or whatever. I definitely was looking like, okay, black, white, Puerto Rican. I don't care who it is. If you like friend, if you're really friends with me, you definitely should be able to relate. Or even if you can't Mm -hmm. relate, just be supportive. And Mm -hmm. so I really didn't see anybody that I kind of questioned or anything like that, looking at them sideways at all. But there's always some that just... (laughs) keep it quiet you're like "Mm." yeah I think I've been lucky enough that I haven't I didn't have that issue I know a lot of people had that issue when they were like wait a minute probably was friends (laughs) you don't care about black people that's a problem I don't have that problem (laughs) thankfully (laughs) that wasn't so much an issue but I think just the the amount of support. There weren't a lot of people who reached out and called and said, hey, Katrina, are you good over there? Are you okay? Especially as somebody who is single, who lives by herself um, and who doesn't have, I mean, I have family here, but I, I, I don't have like a large support system necessarily in my community. And so for my friends, right, to not reach out and just check in and be like, hey, Katrina, are you okay? How are you doing? Do you need anything? I think it was more so that I didn't have the issue around like, do you support Black folks or not? It was just more so, do you support me as an individual? And what does that look like? So yeah, community, I think is really important. And I think that has been something that I I am adamant about continuing to build and also reevaluating. You got to reevaluate your community because your community won't be the same for your whole life. It's true. Yeah. I said this year, I wrote down some intentions and there's no shade to any of my friends or anything like that. But I was just like, different circles breed different things. You know, whether building a, I mean, building a solid foundation or solid community is important. You know, and it's like whatever is important to you, whether it be your self-care or meditation or whoever it is, you're going to meet people along the way. And so, you know, I just don't want to ever have that fear of not, you know, being open just because Mm -hmm. I only see this person on this day or something like that, because obviously you have something in common with them, you know? Right. And so you can expand your groups. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the other thing that's really powerful for me is just intentionally finding moments of joy, uh, whether that be engaging in an activity that brings me joy, watching, you know, something very comedic, um, whether it just is a short video on YouTube or on social media or like a whole TV show or a movie, engaging in even just remembering really good times, looking at pictures, like just finding moments that that create and remind me of joy 
is such an important piece of my self-care because it's so easy to just get caught up in the day-to-day stuff and forget to to dance and to sing and to be silly and just to have some fun. Um, So finding intentional moments of joy is something that I feel like I try to do on a regular basis. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I am too caught up in what's going on. But finding that intentional moment of joy as often as possible has been really helpful. And it keeps me in good spirits, even when things are really challenging, because they've been really challenging. So that is something else that I use. I think what else for me? Also using my gifts. So being a therapist, being a healer, as I like to uh, refer to myself, I I use my gifts for the community. And so throughout this time, I have done things like offering Reiki for a cheaper cost or uh, donation-based or um, offering circles and community circles for people to attend and doing things at a lower cost or donation base so that the community could show up. Um, And I think that has given me a sense of purpose. I think when we can have purpose, it helps us to really move through and care for ourselves in different ways. And it almost sounds weird to be like, yeah, part of my self-care is caring for others. But in some ways it is. Uh, I try to be mindful of how much I care for others and try to make sure I'm also caring for myself. (laughs) <laughs> say that man because i am sure. i'm notorious for doing that like just yeah. notorious for taking on other people's stuff yeah taking it on so heavy that right. i don't even realize how much energy i'm using towards something that that i should be able to let go you know that's right. not really right. directly affecting me but right. i take it on as if it's mine Yeah, I think what what I try to do when I'm utilizing caring for others in that way is I try to do things that I can also get care from. So like having community circles, although I'm the one who's planning it and um, hosting it, I also get a lot from sitting sitting in community with other people and talking and engaging. Um, I get to talk and share what I'm also experiencing because it's not a therapy group, so I don't have to play therapist, but I'm creating a community space for people to come and share their experiences. Um, and that for me is also healing. And so when I'm able to do something that's healing for both me and the community, then it's definitely my self-care. But otherwise, yeah, that I'm just running myself ragged and I don't do that. And in addition to that, rest. That has been my biggest thing, I think, in general. It's just rest, 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 rest. If I can go and lay on my couch for 20 minutes in between meetings, I'm going to do that. If I can take a nap, I'm going to do that. If I can just like lay down and stare at the wall or the ceiling, I'm going to do that. Every moment that I can get where I can just find rest is really important. Um, so yeah, those are the things that I think I mean, I'm doing you for literally, myself. You literally last podcast said like, I'm tired. <laughs> so when you say rest, I just started laughing to myself like, need that rest, yo. But it's, yeah. it is important. It is is so important. And it's 
Rest can look different for different people. And I think that that is something that's really important too. Because, and in different moments and on different days, like sometimes rest is going to bed early. Sometimes rest is just chilling and watching TV, turning your brain off um, in that way. Sometimes rest is ordering food in so you ain't got to cook. <laughs> like it can look very different in different moments, but coming back to that place of just settling your mind and your body and your spirit, I think is really important. So find y'all rest. Don't, don't do it like me. Don't, don't go to sleep on the couch and stay up at all hours of the night for no reason. Listen, <laughs> don't be taking them caffeine pills. That's true. No, seriously. <laughs> but you know, what's crazy. Like side note, like it doesn't happen with, coffee because i'm not even a real serious coffee drinker but when i will have coffee it doesn't happen like that or even it doesn't it doesn't it's not as intense Mm. like the coffee or if i have like a a coke or you know something that has caffeine in it a soda you know i'll have a little pep yeah sure but i don't i definitely am not up up like where i can't go to bed like no that pill like it's like it's a wrap superpower caffeine yeah (laughs) it's like wonder twin powers activate Uh, (laughs) but yeah i would just say that you know there's so many resources out there absolutely um, so many things that you know we as african americans are slowly but surely having access to so i think that it's really important you know not to feel like there's a stigma Um, about taking care of yourself and shoot, there's a lot of bias and inequality in the world, you know, so you definitely have to take care of yourself. And if it's not necessarily a mental health professional that you want to do, I mean, there's lots of black mental, black emotional and mental health collective beam. There's black men heal is one, uh, black mental health alliance, you know, there's so many different organizations out there. I know Taraji P. Henson started one, mm-hmm. the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation. Like there's just so many things that, you know, people are starting to come out and create, which I'm so excited for to see where that yeah, goes. I agree. There's so many opportunities now more than ever to find access to Black folks who are in these fields, which I think is part of the has been a part of the barrier uh, when we're seeking out professionals is not mm-hmm. always being able to find people that look like us. There's more access and availability for that these days. So please find the access if you feel like you need to, if you are struggling, seeking out a professional, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we need it more than ever so that we can keep ourselves healthy and well as we move. Yes. All right, so this next segment is called Roses. So Marlena, who do you want to give your rose to this week? Well, I guess we're going to keep it going with the ladies in my life. I guess this week I want to give it to some of my closest girlfriends, that um, I just wanted to, you know, shine a light on them, 
not in any particular order, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Rocky, Diamond, Simone, Jasmine, Karini. These are people that totally jump at the chance of making sure that I'm OK. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I have I think they're used to me. They've known me for a long time, so they kind of know my you know, when you know someone, know their personality, you know, when they're going through something and they're not necessarily the, you know, they call me M lively. I'm not necessarily my lively self. They can always tell. And, um, I'm just really so fortunate that I have these people in my life that I know have my back no matter what. Mm -hmm. Uh, and all I want to say is just, I'm just so grateful that, you know, given their backgrounds and the things that I know about them, that they're able to open up their hearts and open up yeah. um, to me about anything that they're going through and that there's just nothing but just a kindness there that you don't see every day. Yeah. Mutual love and support. Yeah. Right. There's so much mutual love there. Um, and that support system is so important to me, you know, mm-hmm. and they're all badasses in their own light. So, you know, I won't say anything like specific, but like they all shine so, so, so bright. And, you know, I really don't know what I would do without them. Um, Even with their little like check ins, even if it's like five minutes, you know, it's just like the fact that I know that somebody's got my back and I can return the favor. It's just really beautiful. So I just want to shout them out. Yes. Um, Shout out to all the badass female friends. Yes and let them know that I love them dearly and I got you girl I got you forever and today <laughs> and uh who are you gonna give your roses to this week this week I'm gonna give my roses to my sisters so for folks who know me they know I am the big sister of three I have two younger sisters and although they do not live here in in LA anymore. They are a huge part of my support system. And uh, just today, one of my sisters called me because she had been texting me for a couple days and I hadn't been very responsive because life has been hectic. <laughs> I will acknowledge that. What was but you doing? Just... <laughs> what was you doing, Tequila Cali? <laughs> Girl, I was working. <laughs> I was working and trying to clean this damn house. <laughs> trying to get my life together over here, okay? Um, but she called me today and was just like, are you okay? I haven't heard from you. I'm just checking in. And I was not okay. I was, I had just gotten out of a really rough therapy session for myself. I was having a rough day. I was not feeling good. I was just like, no, I'm not okay. But we just laid around on a video chat for like an hour and just talked about whatever. And, you know, we talked about what was going on. We talked about what's been going on with the both of us and things that we're experiencing. We did some really like off the wall conversations about stuff. I don't even know how we got there. There was a whole conversation about pillows and how hard it is to find a really good pillow. But it was like, it's true. These re- <laughs> it is true. It's really challenging. <laughs> but it was just these very like, Honest conversations, but also sometimes I feel like you just need somebody to be there and you don't need Mm -hmm. them to show up in any particular kind of way. There's nothing special that they have to say. There's nothing special that they have to do, but you just need somebody to be there. 
And so I am giving my roses to my sisters because like you said with your friends, like how they just know you, like nobody knows you better than people that grew up in the same house with you every day. Right. right. And like, I, I truly, she, she said to me, she said, I don't know. I just felt like I had to call you because something didn't feel right. And I was like, yep, you knew, you yeah. just knew, even though I hadn't said anything. And even though um, it may not, there may not have been anything that happened that, that alerted you to that, but this, just that you knew and that feels good. And it's nice that somebody is concerned and thinking about me in that way. And I can say that my sisters have shown up for me in that way differently than friends ever have. Um, even some of my closest friends or some people that, you know, I would consider like my best friends, my sisters show up in a very different way. So my roses go out to my sisters because they're the friends that I was born with. And I am so thankful and so grateful, even as the big sister that I get to now we're all adults. And so like, I don't mm -hmm. have to care for them. They can also, I can also receive care in a different way um, that I didn't really as kids. So shout out to my sisters. Yeah. That's really cool because I have, I'm the oldest, I have two sisters, but we didn't grow up in the same household. So I always wondered what that would be like to have somebody there, like to, to share that bond. We don't mm -hmm. have that type of bond. So that would be cool. But I, mm -hmm. I've kind of adopted, I've adopted my friends as my sisters in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's another episode of Excess Baggage. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Excess Baggage Pod. That's Excess Baggage P-O-D. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review on the podcast app and Spotify. And remember to pack light and keep it tight. A show. A show.